What's up, guys? Chris Harry with you on a Week 12 edition of Chargers Weekly. Happy Thanksgiving to all the Chargers fans out there. Bolts headed east to take on the Buffalo Bills. A bit later, we're going to get this week's opposing view from Buffalo. Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic will join me. But first, we're going to see what's on the menu. Powered by Subway with the voice of the Chargers, Matt Money-Smith. And before we get to money, access to school meals is more important than ever, as one in four students are now facing food insecurity. That's why Subway is teaming up with America's Dairy Farmers and Fuel Up to Play 60 this fall to raise money to help fight hunger in our local community. Head to your local Subway store before November 30th. Donate your spare change at the register to fuel up to play 60 to help tackle hunger and make sure local LA students have access to the nutrition they need. All right, time to see what's on the menu powered by Subway with the voice of the Chargers, Matt Money Smith. Money, happy Thanksgiving week to you, sir. Happy Thanksgiving week to you as uh, well, Chris, and everybody that's listening. We certainly appreciate you downloading and uh, sucking back the podcast every single week. I know I appreciate you having me. I always enjoy the conversation. Uh, hope people are enjoying a little pumpkin pie or stuffing, sweet potatoes, listening to this thing. Yeah, yams, you know. Yams. Uh, apple pie. I think yeah, I think Thanksgiving, you know, the pumpkin's delicious, but to me, it's just uh, it's a green light for pie. You know, I, I, <laughs> it's a green light three, pie. I got three daughters and each of them would make a pie. Uh, I'd make a pie with them. And I was like, yeah, whatever, man, let's go. Let's go chocolate pudding. Let's go apple. Let's go pumpkin. Just get at lemon meringue. Get after it. Get the variety going, man. Um, hey, Sunday, less about being beating an 0-10 team, more about just, okay, this is Justin Herbert, uh, franchise quarterback for the next decade or so, throwing to uh, – uh, wide receiver who's having an all pro year uh, point blank And money. If I told you that Phillip rivers would be leaving Keenan Allen, his career highs would all be smashed in, in 2020. What would you say? Well, you know, I'll tell you what's funny is like there, there's these football cliches, you know, right? Like a, um, Oh, uh, a young quarterback's best friend is the tight ends. It's middle of the field. It's an easier throw. If you got a good one, it tends to be a mismatch uh, or, Oh, those check downs for the running backs are, Quarter, young quarterback's best friend, you know? Well, Keenan Allen's a young quarterback's best friend. I mean, yeah. just because he he dusts anybody that tries to check him in route running. I mean, he'll tell you where he's going to be, and you better believe he's going to be there. And, and you know, it's funny. There was that one play um, where there was a penalty where Keenan had the drop, and you saw him just kind of look at his hands like, no, because he had no drops all season long. He ended up getting one anyway in the, in the game. But um, there's – look, that – it's, it's a, it's a quality that you hear sometimes, you know, from the scouts during the draft process or from the analysts as they try to describe who the best receivers are in the league. But I think, you know, far too often Keenan is overlooked because he's the best at it. Nobody runs better, more crisp routes than Keenan. And I think Herbert, it, it, it has accelerated his development and his production exponentially um, by having that guy on this team. And just think, it's not like he was taking reps with the ones. He had, you know, the, the smallest uh, or shortest, I should say, training camp of any rookie ever. And yet these two look like they've been together for 10 years. It's crazy. It's crazy. It and you know, you know what I appreciate most about it, too? Keenan just got paid, right? So yeah. he's, he's elevating his play after getting the big payday. And you don't see that around the league every day when, when you get paid. Sometimes your your production maybe stays here, maybe it teeters down a little bit. Keenan is on the up and up, and you're right. I mean, the fact that Justin 
had really no offseason with him. He didn't get uh, reps with the ones in training camp for the most part. He was throwing to, to T. Billy and, and Jalen Guyton. Right. You're seeing that that chemistry. Yeah. Uh, but but Justin's a smart kid, and he's like, okay, this is one of the best route runners in the league. I'm going to become his best friend. And I remember, I think it was in Hard Knocks where he said to Keenan, my job is to make sure you get the football. And that's certainly what he's done, man. It's awesome. Yeah, and and it is, and and I think the other thing to to kind of remember about Keenan for those that you know you mentioned the contract, but I think the the signal has been there his whole career because he's one of the best blocking wide receivers on run plays. Keenan's relentless, um, and this is someone who wants to lead the league in yardage, in receptions, in touchdown. You know, he he's he's got that wide receiver. I hate to use the word, but he's got that diva quality, right? He's on Twitter right now going, you know, put some respect on my name. I'm yeah. tired of you got, you know, so he's got that, you know, like all wide receivers do, the further away you get from the ball and where it's snapped, you tend to start barking a little bit more. Um, but at the same time, he also does the dirty work that other guys just aren't willing to do. I mean, he is, he is awesome in the run game. Uh, if you go back and watch film and watch some of these runs and you'll see him clean, uh, you know, a safety or a defensive back out and it'll result in two or three extra yards. And that's one of the things you certainly appreciate about him. He's not, you know, he's not just out there catching balls. He's out there helping the offense, you know, in totality. You have to take the overall offensive performance, I think, in context here. This was a, a Jets team now 0-10, and Justin Herbert had his way with them. I think he had 277 yards in the first half alone, threw the ball 49 times. Uh, the the run-to-pass ratio, I, I like the fact that they're getting the ball in Justin's hands more I do think that the running game, I was just telling you, it just it has to be a little bit more efficient uh, so it opens things up for when you play a defense like the Buffalo Bills who are uh, much better than the Jets, let's just say. Yeah, um, you know, the one good thing is that the, the Bills have not been good against the run. Um, so They've not. An opportunity to, to try to churn some clock and, you know, try to keep that offense off the field because the offense has been darn good and it's freaking scary. Um, I'm sure we'll get to that, but... As far as the running game goes, you know, there's there's an easy fix and it's Austin Eckler, you know, and I think you're just kind of seeing the gap in talent, you know, and when you have and you pay Eckler, then I think you got to recognize the guys that are behind him are going to be Kalen Balazs, who's on his third team, uh, was released by the team that drafted him, you know, Josh Kelly, who was drafted, not in the first, but in the fourth round and, you know, did some great things at UCLA, but also I think some teams had some issues with them and, and they're just trying to figure it out, you know, or trying to kind of find that, that, that great fit and, and Balazs has run hard. Um, and Josh Kelly has certainly run hard and gotten, you know, kind of those short yardage carries that you need to keep moving the chains. Um, but at the same time, I, I think there's just, you know, for lack of a better term, there's a little bit of juice missing from the running game. Uh, I think the only time that I really feel like we've seen it since Eckler went down was the game that Troy main Pope, uh, ended up getting the call that Justin Jackson, Troy main Pope game, you know, they, that those two together, you know, had a, had a great outing. Um, but outside of that, I think we're just kind of, you know, watching those, those Twitter videos and the Instagrams of, of Austin climbing underneath 400 pounds, like, okay, that, <laughs> yeah. that looks like that could fit into a football uniform in Buffalo and get out there and run. Yeah. We talk, we talk about, okay, you got to be more efficient with your touches, but the bottom line is when you have 30 out there, the, the running game is completely different. So we'll see what happens with Austin. Yeah. The um, one thing I'll say too, Chris, is I just yeah. want to see, Ju I want to see Justin keep it more on the RPOs, man. Cause he's, I just, you know, and, and look, we're, we're watching it from, you know, six stories up, but 
they're there. I mean, those runs are there. And then I think he just, you know, hopefully I'm sure he's seeing it. And I don't know if, like I said, if he just doesn't want to be selfish and, and, and kind of run too much of the offense, but uh, I'd love to see him pull that more and, and keep it, or at least like sometimes the mesh, it's just execute. It's, it's executed too quickly, you know, just kind of hold that mesh there for that mesh point for a, a beat longer to see where that end is, is going. Is he, is he, is he, you know, kind of bailing out or is he crashing and, and kind of, I, I think that's just something that can also help this run game, get it a little more fine-tuned where you're given, you know, either Kalen or, 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 or uh, Joshua a head start or yourself a head start, you know, at that mesh point. Well, it's a great segue into the Bills offense because Josh Allen, not only does he have a, an awesome set of receivers led by Stefan Diggs, you got Cole Beasley in the slot, yeah, you got a deep threat in John Brown. But he does that, too. He runs the football. He's got five rushing touchdowns this year. Uh, he's super athletic. Money, we saw him 2018 week two, uh, first career start. He's a different player uh, from two years ago, and he's a big reason why the Bills are seven and three. Yeah, you know, the one the, the one thing about, about Josh this year is started out MVP pace, right? And then he kind of had that lull that like three game lull. And uh, as I'm trying to get to it right now, so I, I can actually accurately describe what I'm what I'm trying to get after here is, you know, when you look at the, the way those teams were playing him, and here it is. So let me go to his game log. This is compelling podcast right here. It is. Uh, so New England, uh, and then the uh, the Chiefs. So the Chiefs want to get after you with four. New England's running that amoeba defense where they're typically, you know, throwing six up at the line, rushing four, dropping guys into that zone coverage. He struggled, you know, and it happened against Arizona as well a little bit where they were doing the same thing, you know, and Vance was doing the same thing where he's showing six at line, rushing four, bailing two guys back and playing seven guys in the pattern. And Allen is struggling. We know that's look. We've talked about how much we'd like to see, you know, Gus send that extra rusher and get after the quarterback a little more. But Bosa's back. You know, you can get after it with four and you can maybe, you know, get Josh Allen as kryptonite where you've got that zone out there. And for whatever reason, he's just struggled with that a little bit. So um, I'm hoping that's a mash, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know what the hell the Seahawks were thinking and just running cover zero or cover one the entire game and blitzing him. I think they blitzed him like 30 plus times. They just torched him in that man coverage. So maybe it's, maybe it's a good fit, but look, he's been great. I mean, he, when, when he talks and runs, I don't know, you know, because Cam Newton is not what he used to be. I don't think there's a more physical runner in the league right now that just yeah. can put his head down and blow through a linebacker, obviously through a safety and a defensive back, and can even take on some defensive linemen uh, and shake some tackles there and get after it. So you got to commit, you know, those resources, like we mentioned the Bills did to Kyler Murray. You have to commit resources to spying him or following him, and it's just always in linebackers, you know, it's such a tough gig, man, being a linebacker, you know, and, and especially if it's like Kenneth Murray, when you're trying to figure it out your rookie year and you've got all these quarterbacks that can run, yeah, you've got so many freaking exotic packages in the passing game now, so many concepts from college that are being brought over in the RPOs. you got to run with these crazy athletic tight ends, uh, sometimes slot receivers. It's just, you know, and, and that's one of the things the Bills do is they pressure you because of how good he is athletically when he wants to keep the ball and run with it. Yeah, and when you couple that with a guy like Cole Beasley and the deep threat in in John Brown and, and Stephon Diggs, who next to Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams, you talk about route running, uh, we'll probably see a route running clinic 
on Sunday with both of those guys. Uh, the the addition of Diggs, you know, when we first saw, or at least when I first saw him, I'm like, all right, they, they got Josh Allen a weapon. Uh, I didn't realize that it was going to make this offense as dynamic as it's been. Um, what do you think the Chargers have to do defensively? Because you mentioned it. When, when you have, like, listen, Joe Flacco uh, last week, you know he's just going to sit back there. Josh Allen, you have to account for him running the football, and then he has these complement of weapons. You know, the Jets had Mims, Perryman, and uh, and Crowder. Uh, these guys are on a different level from those guys, and this is what the Chargers have to face Sunday in Buffalo yeah. on the road, man. I mean, look, I, you know, clearly there's something not right with Casey. Um, you know, of, of all the defensive backs, he's the one that's been getting burned deep repeatedly. I think that was his fifth touchdown allowed this year, and most of them have been, you know, explosive plays. Um, so that's a major concern. John Brown's one of the fastest players in the league. He can get on top of you in a hurry. Um, I'd like to see him commit more resources. You know, I said this on the broadcast against the Jets. I said, you're running, you're running four at the quarterback. There's seven guys behind him. Where are they? Why am I looking at all this man coverage on the outside with no help? You know, and they're just constantly playing, you know, Nasir high They're, you know, and you just have that single high against the bills. I'd be running too high. I mean, I just, I, I think you're, you're better off doing that and keeping it in front of you. And it, because it's just, Casey has not looked like himself all season. Um, you know, and, and look, Michael Davis is playing well. Devon Campbell obviously had a great game against the Jets, and you hope he can repeat that performance because they're going to need it, like you said. I mean, you're going to have to commit. You you need three top. That This might be the best receiving core in the league. You know, you've yeah. got John Brown who can take the top off the defense with a giant arm, probably the strongest arm in the league, a quarterback. That's terrifying. Then you got, you know, a, a precise route runner who's also lightning quick and Stephon Diggs, you know, and that's where you would think you'd be committing your Casey Hayward resource. But clearly, like I said, something just not quite right there with him. I think health wise, he won't say it, but that's what I'm guessing because it's not looked like the Casey we're used to seeing. Um, and then you got Cole Beasley in the slot, you know, and it's, it's, it's going to be tough. They're going to be in nickel or dime. I think most of the day. Um, and, and we know that Kenneth Murray has struggled mightily in coverage. Um, you know, he's, he's got one of the lowest DVOA grades of any linebacker in coverage. Uh, I think the, the quarterback rating against is North of 120 right now. So that's, mm. that's what they're going to have to figure out. And I think that means that chess match of, okay, where am I bringing that extra guy? Where's the help going to be coming from? Um, and you better get to him. Like you said, it's ain't Joe Flacco standing back there like a statue. You better get to him quick because if he can extend and you want your guys to stick to those three receivers, man, that's going to be tough. Well, if ever there was a week to get a guy like Chris Harris Jr. back, which exactly. it looks like Sunday, that's going to be key. And whether you play him inside or outside, you may need to play Chris outside uh, in some instances on Sunday. But to get him back, man, uh, we haven't seen him since Carolina. I mean, that this is a big deal for the Chargers. Yeah, huge. They need. I mean, they just need it. You know, defensive. I think they. You know, look. I don't like saying it, but they've just been getting torched. You know, the backs have been getting beat, and and. You credit the coaching staff because, they're they, you know, they do such a good job of kind of at least kind of answering the question and not calling out individuals. But you know what they're talking about. You know, when, when you're in the Raider game and you see Aguilar get on top of a Casey, it's like, man, that just does not look like Casey. Um, and, and he won't make excuses because, you know, he's too much of a pro. But, you know, and then you saw it again. Denzel Mims seemed like he got past, you know, got over him anytime he wanted. And obviously he left the game a little bit late with that with that injury. So 
hopefully he's healthy, you know, and, and he's going to go because they're going to need him. And like you said, you get Chris Harris back and now you start feeling pretty good, you know, and, and Tavon Campbell's got those reps. And, and like I said, he played pretty darn well last week, had the pick six, which was gifted, but that play against Mims to end the game was fantastic. I mean, that was a great, great bit of coverage from, from Campbell. Money special teams. I hate to talk about it every week, but um, it looks like Keith Burns is going to take over special teams. George Stewart going to be an offensive analyst. The, the block punt at the beginning of the game on the first possession, back-to-back weeks, putting your, your offense in a hole against the New York Jets. Obviously, uh, Justin Herbert, more than enough to, to get out of that hole, but it's just one of those things that just cannot happen. And uh, you, you go up to Buffalo, uh, you have to play a clean game on special teams if you're going to have any chance of beating the Bills. Yeah, you know, it's look, Joshua Kelly just whiffed. I mean, they weren't they weren't even coming after it. They weren't punt safe. I mean, that was Anderson out there. That was our defensive yeah. end that's that's out there, you know, looking like Usain Bolt blowing through the line and getting back to block that punt. I mean, and that's you know, like you said, you hate to say it. Everybody loves Coach Stu, but man, there were just so many missed assignments. Um, and I think also just kind of a mediocre, it's been a mediocre, not even mediocre. It's been, it's been a bad year for Ty Long. You know, the punts aren't hanging in. And obviously look, one hand's got to wash the other, right? You need protection to hold up. So you, you don't feel like you got to quick kick everything. But I also feel like there have been those moments when the protection has held up and he's just, the ball's not getting high enough. And when it's not getting high enough, it's not going far enough. It's not going far enough. When it's not going to, next thing you know, you're looking at 15, 18 yard returns um, when you do get the punt off and you just can't flip a field. And that's, that is imperative. In this league, if you can, if you can, you know, manage to at least get two or three first downs, you know, you got to pin that team back inside their own 10, you know, to at least flip the field and gain a victory on a possession that way, if you're not getting points out of it. And I just don't feel like we've done that. I mean, you know, I'm sure they have done it once this year, but it feels like it's never happened. So, you know, hopefully with coach Burns, I mean, look, he's on the staff. He's the assistant, assistant special teams coach. So I, I feel like you got to say, okay, you're partially responsible for this too. You know, you're not the, the final word. So maybe he's going to do some things different, but um, I'm hopeful because man, if you go back and watch that pump block, it's just, you, you look at, at Kelly and you're like, what are you doing? Like, how, I, you know, you, you got to, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was just, it was yeah. hard to believe that it happened. Yes. Same exact Again, time. In punt safe. In yeah. punt safe. It's the defense anyway. Money, final thing for you. The psyche of this team, listen, the three wins have come against the Jags, the Jets, and the Bengals. How important do you think it is to beat a playoff caliber team in the Bills? Or just, you know, we look at the schedule these next six weeks. You have three division games, obviously 0-3 in the division this year, 0-6 last year. Uh, Just to get a win against teams that are going to be playing in January. I I think it's so important to have a little bit of mo going into 2021, knowing that you can hang with these teams. We've seen them hang with the the Bucs and the Saints. But it's one thing to hang. It's another thing to actually beat one of these teams. Look, uh, you know, people listening and call it what they want. They should win out. If you're telling me that they're going to get Chris Harris back and Joey Bosa's healthy and out there and Austin Eckler's going to be in that backfield, based on what they've been able to do without those guys and Trey Turner is back and healthy and Brian Belaga's playing right now, I mean, they, they're healthy. Yeah. So if, if those guys are out there, this team should win out. And, and, and I say that with, you know, the caveat of I get they play the Chiefs in week 17, and I'm just kind of looking at, well, what are the Chiefs going to be doing? You know, are, are Chiefs they may not need to be playing anybody? That's in that what game. I mean. 
And so, you know, what are they going to be doing? Because they got a pretty rough stretch here through the Chiefs, these next few. So, I but I look at it, like I said, Allen has been flummoxed by by zone coverage um, and trying to find anticipatory throws and tight windows to throw into. If you can get there with your front four and Chris Harris is back, win that game. You know, they're not good against the run. You get Austin Eckler back. They're terrible against the run, as a matter of fact. They allow like 130 yards per game. Go win the game. You know, you better you better beat the Falcons and you better beat the Patriots. The Patriots are not good this year. I know Bill Belichick can coach the heck out of a defense, but that offense is not good. You ought to win that game. You ought to win the Falcons game. And then you're better, you're better than the Broncos. They gave that away. They they lost the Raider game on two drop passes in the end zone, you know, where you just couldn't complete the catch, but it was there for the winning. You know, and they lost the Chiefs game on a 58-yarder in overtime. So, you know, in Justin's first start where he was when he was rolling and, you know, he just threw a rookie. And you didn't trail. You didn't trail the entire game. Exactly. Exactly. Until zeros. So, like, like to me, win out. Go nine and seven. Maybe some things break your way. I don't I think it's going to be 10 and six to get in and it's going to be tough to squeeze in at nine and seven. But, you know, every one of these, you know, five of the six are AFC games. So you can improve your AFC record. All their wins are against AFC teams, the Jets, the Jags, and, and the, and the uh, Bengals. So they win all six. They're going to have nine wins in the AFC. And when you have a three-way tie, that's what it comes down to is AFC wins. That might end up being a difference there like it was when they got squeezed out in 2017 and Buffalo beat them in because they had one more, even though the, the Chargers went head-to-head. It went to the AFC wins, and they had one more AFC win than the Chargers did. So win out. See if you can get in, man. If everyone's healthy, that's what they should do. I like the optimism. It's all about just stacking bricks, though. The first one is Buffalo. And if you can beat Buffalo on the road, I mean, talk That's about I mean. a, a momentum builder, right? Yeah. Like, then you then you actually have the belief. You're like, I mean, all right, look, we can, you know, we can you look at, to win. You look at Buffalo and and it's, you know, they they barely beat the Patriots. They needed six field goals to beat the Jets. Yeah. You know, it was a touchdown win over the Raiders. They jumped out of that huge lead and then the Raiders came roaring back in that one. Um, you know, Miami was a three-point game. The first time they played the Jets, it was tight until the fourth quarter. Like, team's gettable. I think this team is gettable. I like the optimism money. Uh, we'll keep it going into Sunday, see if the Chargers right. can get make sure you, uh Make sure you block this pod from Bill's Mafia, too. I don't feel like hearing from them, okay? I'm going to add you and then two of their fan clubs. And Dude, they're relentless. They, they are the most <laughs> relentless fan base. I can't even begin to tell you because I do the power ranking show on NFL Network. They get after uh, you? Oh, you can't say a negative thing about them or they lose their mind. It's hilarious. Like, I love it. Um, it, it cracks me up. You know what like, I, hope? They, I, I hope? One of the, I hope one of the uh, Bill's fan websites listens to this. And takes something you said way out of context. Oh, yeah. Puts it in a headline. I always appreciate it. <laughs> always appreciate it. <laughs> Buddy, I love it, brother. I will see you soon. Like, yes, I, you I was going to say, I usually see you on Sunday at a game, but not an away yeah. game. So Yeah, I know. Exactly. Normally, we'd be, uh, well, actually, this would have been our bye week, right? I think we're not for COVID. I, That's I believe, right. Right? I think so. so. I, I think, think so. Was. Yeah. All right, bud. anymore, man. I don't yeah, even know. Exactly. Anyway. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great holiday. You too, brother. Thanks again. All right. All right, guys, before we get to Matthew Fairburn, this season Pizza Hut, they're hooking it up with the Bolt to the Hut bundle deal that includes an exclusive Chargers poster. 
Now for $14.99, Chargers fans will receive a large three-topping pizza and a Chargers poster. Right now, it's the Casey Hayward Jr. poster that's available. Collect all six player posters throughout the season. Visit PizzaHut.com slash deals. Enter your zip code to see if your local Pizza Hut is participating in the greater LA area. Offers available for pickup or delivery while supplies last. To get this week's opposing view from Buffalo, let's bring in Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic. Does a great job covering the Bills. And Matthew, the Chargers come to town against these seven and three Bills. Uh, What's Buffalo saying about the Bolts? Yeah, they they definitely respect this team. I mean, I think it starts at the top with Anthony Lynn. Uh, He's 2-0 against Sean McDermott uh, since they took over these respective teams. Obviously, circumstances have changed a little bit. The the last time the Chargers played the Bills, uh, Josh Allen was making his first career start. The time before that, Nathan Peterman was making his first career start. So a little bit different this time around, but they know that there's a lot of talent on this team. They're gushing about Justin Herbert and, and what he brings to the table and just how he's transformed that offense and, and given them that big playability. So there's a lot of respect for what they do. And Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the Bills, mentioned those, those pass rushers and the ability to get after the quarterback as something that they're mindful of in their game plan. So uh, a lot of respect for the talent and recognizing how close the Chargers have been to breaking through despite what the record says. In the Bills record, seven and three a couple of weeks ago, just a really crushing loss to the Cardinals. What's the mindset of the team? Honestly, you look at it, the bye probably came at a good time for them just to reset. Yeah, it really did. And and they had some guys that were injured and, and they needed to get healthy. And they're fairly healthy coming out of the bye week. And I think the the time off coming right after a loss like that really helped them put it into perspective. Um, there was this thought among some people that, oh man, you'd want to get right back out there and erase it really quickly. But I think having the week off helped them realize, you know, they played a really good game. They were one play away from winning that game. And yeah, that play, you know, was a a crushing play, a play that they shouldn't have let happen on a number of different levels, but it was one play over the course of a game that they played well enough to win. And I I think they try to keep that perspective. And they also, look around and they, you know, the Dolphins lost to the Broncos on Sunday. They, you know, got a little help in their division. They're, everything they want is still in front of them. And so I think you're right. The bye came at a good time for them to be able to forget about that and, and really put it in perspective and, you know, keep that focus on the long term. So 2018 week two, you mentioned it. That was Josh Allen's first career NFL start. A much different player than he was a couple of years ago. Just rattle off some of his stats here. 21 passing touchdowns, over 2,800 passing yards, and then five touchdowns on the ground, uh, 279 rushing yards. What are the biggest areas of improvement that you've seen from Allen from, from last year to where we are now? Yeah, there's there's a ton. Um, even from, yeah, even just from last year, the accuracy seems much more consistent. Um, it's not that he was ever incapable of throwing an accurate pass. It was the easy throws that seemed to escape him, the shorter stuff, the, the quick screens, the, the, you know, the check downs that are open. And he's done a really good job this year of taking what the defense is giving him and not trying to do it all at once. And it's easy to see why that's happening because he has great players around him. I think the four wide receivers they have, you know, four deep is probably the best, four deep depth chart at receiver 
at least in the AFC and probably in the NFL. Uh, Stefan Diggs has changed his passing game in a huge way. John Brown, you know, was already a, a big time uh, threat last year. Cole Beasley, one of the better slot receivers in the NFL. And they added rookie Gabriel Davis as their number four. So they've gone to a lot of four wide receiver sets. They've spread things out and they've given him easy answers in a lot of places. And it's not to discredit any of the work Josh Allen has done himself because we've seen what he can do as an athlete. He buys time. Uh, he's always looking downfield, trying to use that strong arm of his. Now he just has more answers and you can tell he trusts everybody around him so much more than he did last year or two years ago, because you know, why wouldn't he Stefan Diggs is an incredible receiver. You know, all those guys I mentioned have a ton of talent. So you can see the confidence he's, he's playing with. And I think a lot of it has to do with the guys around him. Well, Sunday, one of the things I'm really excited about is basically a route running clinic when it comes to Stefan Diggs and Keenan Allen, Keenan coming off a 16 catch 145 yard performance and a touchdown. And you mentioned Diggs. Just how vital has he been to not only Allen's success, I know you alluded to it, but just the overall team success. I think when they acquired him for a first round pick, you're like, all right, well, it's good. You get you get Allen a weapon, but it seems to be much more than that, Matthew. It really is. Uh, it's a good observation because you know, Stefan Diggs had a certain reputation in Minnesota, right? The personality wasn't going to mesh or, you know, he, he had some, some incidents on the sideline where the passion got confused for something else, but they, he's really become a leader on this team in a short period of time. Uh, he brings a real energy and a real edge to practice, you know, always competing. Um, he's always competing on the field and in that room. And so, I think not only has he changed how defenses, you know, cover these Bills receivers and open things up for John Brown and Cole Beasley, but he's kind of raised the bar for everybody uh, on offense, on defense. Every time he steps on the field, um, you know, guys know that they have to bring it. And he's become uh, a real leader, a, re a guy that Josh Allen can lean on, communicate with, and trust in big situations. So it's been a lot more than just a guy to – you know, chuck the ball up to, which occasionally that's what he is, but he's gotten on the same page with Allen very quickly. And I think he's won over his teammates really quickly, which considering there wasn't much of an off season, there was no preseason. Uh, it's pretty impressive the way he's, he's kind of ingrained himself in this locker room in such a short period of time. So Matthew, for the chargers, obviously a down year, three and seven, every game's been decided by a possession or less uh, in their losses. But you look at the really the biggest bright spot, Justin Herbert. Uh, what do you think the biggest challenges are for this Bills defense when you look at what Herbert has done in the deep passing game? Also, really the ability to find Keenan Allen and also get out of the pocket and make plays with his feet. Yeah, I think, you know, in talking to Leslie Frazier, the Bills defensive coordinator, what Keenan Allen does when he's lined up in the slot could be a real problem for the Bills because they've had some trouble defending slot players throughout the season. Not every week, but it's occasionally popped up as an issue because their nickel corner, Taron Johnson, he's been up and down in coverage. He started to settle in in recent weeks, but it's been a little bit of an issue for him. So, uh, you know, I think that will be Justin Herbert's best friend, um, you know, on Sunday because they will do a really good job of disguising coverage. They'll make him 
think he's seeing one thing when he's really seeing another thing. And that's tough on any young quarterback. And I'm sure uh, it'll be tough on Justin Herbert, you know, in uh, his first season, he's probably going to see some things that the defenses haven't thrown at him before, because this is a secondary that while it got off to a slow start, they've always been one of the best at disguising what they do. They've all played together for so long, played under Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier for so long. So I think, you know, the ability to lean on, Keenan Allen, like you said, buy some time and, you know, be able to extend plays, escape from sacks because the Bills haven't been uh, a consistent pass rushing team uh, this season. And then there are big plays to be had on some of these corners. You know, when you put the ball up there, I mean, look at that last play against the Cardinals. If you're willing to put the ball up there in the NFL this year, um, lots of pass interference is being called. There's, there's big plays to be had, but Typically, they're not on Micah Hyde's side of the field. He's the guy that that really does a good job of limiting the deep ball. So I'll be interested to see how Herbert navigates it because he's been so impressive as a rookie. But this Bills defense has made some really good quarterbacks look pretty ordinary, including Russell Wilson a few weeks ago. It's going to be fascinating because a couple of weeks ago, Miami did a good job of kind of getting Herbert, I don't want to say rattled, but a little maybe confused with, with some of the things that they were doing. And he bounced back last week, although it was against the New York Jets. So uh, Bill's, like I said, on Sunday after the game, a much different animal than the Jets. Uh, Matthew, a couple of guys that may be under the radar that Chargers fans should know about. We know about Josh Allen. We know about Diggs. We know about Tredavious White. Uh, maybe a couple of guys on offense or defense that uh, are a little bit under the radar. Yeah, I think Zach Moss on offense, he's still coming along, uh, had some injuries earlier in the year, but he's a running back third round pick that that they really believe in quite a bit. And they spent the bye week, you know, trying to uh, figure out what's going wrong with their running game. They have not been a good team running the football this season. And a lot of that has to do with how often they throw the ball. I mean, they're throwing it at one of the highest rates in the league, but I think what they'll probably find is that those in between the tackles runs are, you know, what can get them back on track a little bit more than some of the outside stuff they're doing with Devin Singletary. So I feel like, you know, down the stretch, Zach Moss could emerge as a player for them that, that, you know, is, is somebody that's, you know, ready to break out a little bit. I, I think on the defensive side of the ball, I'm curious to see what happens with Ed Oliver in the final stretch of the season. Mm. Their former top 10 pick has been pretty quiet on the stat sheet. You see the occasional glimpses of impressive pass rush ability, the strength, the quickness. It hasn't resulted in a lot of sacks. He's been inconsistent in run support. So he's a guy that I always zero in on, um, and particularly down the stretch and against teams like this. Uh, to see if he's going to rise to the challenge when it counts. And uh, he's a guy that they've been, they, they've been hoping, you know, to get something out of uh, a little bit more than they have. And I, I think he's getting closer and closer to being the guy that they want, wanted him to be when they drafted him. Final thing for you. What do you think is going to decide this game? Obviously the chargers at three and seven, they're traveling East, but History has shown this year they haven't won these games, but they've at least been very close. I, I expect a closer game in Buffalo, but obviously Bill's coming off a bye uh, with a lot to play for, trying to get a little bit of uh, uh, breathing room in the AFC East. I think, you know, when you look at the way the Bills have played this year, the games that have been close and not gone their way, 
are the games that Josh Allen doesn't play particularly well. When he gets rolling, they're a tough team to stop. And when they get out to an early lead, uh, that's how they like to play. They did um, blow a pretty big lead to the other Los Angeles team earlier in the year, uh, but managed to come back at the end of the game. But I think what the Chargers do defensively will you know, have a big bearing on the outcome of this game because if they can force Josh Allen into some turnovers or slow down the passing game in a meaningful way, that forces the Bills to, to play left-handed because, like I said, they don't have the strongest running offense. I think the defense is going to be able to contain Justin Herbert to a, for the most part, to, to a large degree. He'll have his moments, but that's not the part of this game that, that I wonder about from a Bills perspective. What I wonder about is can Josh Allen have one of those games like he had against the Seahawks, or is it going to be closer to what he did against the Cardinals was with a few mistakes that let the chargers hang around because the chargers, like you said, the record is what it is, but they've found a way to hang around in a lot of games. And I still think it's a well-coached team, a well-coached defense that yes, they, you know, they, they can confuse some quarterbacks sometimes in their own right. And, you know, a little bit shorthanded with injuries this year, but um, that's going to be the key because the teams that have been able to beat these guys, uh, Josh Allen's completion percentage is 10, 10 points lower than it is uh, in losses than it is in wins. And, you know, his yards per game is like 80 less. So um, it's not hard to figure out where this team runs. It's, it's all on Josh Allen a lot of the times. And when he gets rolling, they're a tough team to beat because that defense loves playing with a lead. Matthew Fairburn, The Athletic, awesome information, man. Really appreciate you joining us and taking some time. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we look forward to Sunday. Absolutely. Enjoy the game, Chris. All right, that's going to do it for us. A big thanks to Matthew Fairburn and Matt Money-Smith for joining me. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. Be sure to download and subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a very happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you after the game, the final drive presented by Microsoft Service. Until then, I'm Chris Hayward.